It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And here we are recording on a lovely Monday evening, April 24th, 2023. We have a nice little lull between games four and five of the Bruins Panthers series. And I am VA. I'm here with Tim. Hello, hello. And Nick. Good evening. And uh, Jeff is off uh, with family, extended family, all that stuff. So he can't be here. Although it is very funny, his words that he imparted about Matthew Kachuk are very true. Spot on. Yep. Do you hate Matthew Kachuk? Very much so. Yes. Yes. I do. I, I have a deep personal hatred for him right now on the ice because he's a jerk face on the ice i don't know how he is in regular life but from everything i understand about the kachuk boys and one trent frederick they're they are they are a hassle off the ice too so whatever (laughs) (laughs) oh so that's how it goes um yeah so basically uh, Matthew Kachuk, when he's not scoring goals, he's decided that he wants to do fun things like cross-check people in the back or go after the goalie, mm. which I'm happy to say that our goalie was having none of it. <laughs> and he looked like a freaking nut yesterday. Like, come on, come on. You know oh how much of an asshole you have to be to piss off Linus Olmark so much that he wants to fight you. Like of all people, Linus Olmark wanted to fight you. Yep. Bobrovsky stayed on his part of the ice or behind the bench or wherever the fuck he was. He did not come out for that, but boy, oh boy, did Linus Olmark go. Yeah. I've had enough of you, uh, you know, threw off the glove, took his helmet off, you know, it took time getting off the, the blocker. I, and of course, you know, Toronto fans were all like, he hit him with his blocker. And it's like, <laughs> one of my hockey teammates made a big deal, but like, Oh, your goalie can't be doing that. Like, well, okay. I understand that is my favorite hockey team, but technically my goalie's Brad. He's like sitting three stalls down from us. <laughs> but uh, okay, man, whatever. I, you know what? I just looked at it like this. If you're going to be a dick, you're going to accept the consequences. Yep. And basically he's like, you're hitting me. You're trying to like, basically get in my face. You're trying to hit me with the stick. You're trying to do all these things. Yeah. I'm going to just punch you with whatever hand I have available. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I mean, I know you're not supposed to hit people with your blocker, but also you're not supposed to be that much of a dick. Yeah. So which way is it going to go, guys? I don't know. Um, I It was entertaining as fuck, though. So entertaining to see that. Um, that was that was a real scrum. That was a lot of fun. So many people went, but I guess we should save all of that fun penalty retelling for the actual game when we get to it. But I do want to say one thing. I think it's very telling 
that Bobrovsky didn't want any part of, like, sticking up for Kachuk and all of that. <laughs> because normally, if one goalie's getting hot, the other goalie feels obligated to do the same. Mm-hmm. And Bobrovsky was like, nope, don't want any of that smoke at all. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not sure if they had gone empty net at that point or Bobrovsky was just sitting on the other end of the ice. I honestly can't remember. It was 1649 in the third period. So there was like three, what, 11 left. Mm-hmm. They, I think they might have gone empty net around that time. But uh, so he might not have been able to come on. But if he was able to, if he was on the ice, then yeah, it is telling, isn't it? It's like you make your mess and you can clean up your mess. (laughs) I mean, I kept saying like all game long, I'm like, can Olmark just take a shot at Bavrovsky and it goes in? Ooh. Because the way goalie Bob is, that's. Yeah. I mean, Linus Linus could make a move on one end and then shoot the puck. And I'm sure that Bob would get fooled uh, because he's not that good right now um but anyway we've fast forwarded through this week of hockey we had four games guys four games i barely remember game one so long ago so long ago a week ago (laughs) well uh, let's tee up game one for you just give you uh the the um the news around it first of all Bruins were dealing with a bug in the room. They had been dealing with a bug in the room for like a week before. Pasta got it. Nosha got it. We thought that Bergie had it, but it turns out Bergie had something else going on. And uh, I don't know. Crazy got it. But by by the second game of this series, it seemed like other people who hadn't gotten it were getting it right then and there. But anyway, so there was a bug going around and the Bruins... Honestly, in game one, they were all right, but they didn't look like they they didn't look like they were playing playoff hockey. They uh, they won that game outright, but it was it was not the prettiest game. I remember now I remember uh, I watched the game, my brother and I texted. uh, We texted our dad. So, uh, well, the Bruins played like shit and still won three to one. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we thought, ooh, this is going to be easy all the time. This was when we tried Zaka up on the top line between Marshy and DeBrusque. And Krejci was centering the second line. That was modified because Zaka was on the top line. So it's uh, Tyler Bertuzzi was on the left-hand side. And uh, Nick Foligno was on the fourth line while Coyle was centering the third line. So the third line was normal. And the fourth line actually is the new normal. Felino, Noshik, Hathaway. Orlov started off with, with McAvoy. And as much as we love that pairing, that meant one guy had to sit out. And that one guy who sat out was Grizzlick. And honestly, it was okay for that game. It, this, this was the feel it out kind of game, right? Because I don't Bruins hadn't played Florida since the trade deadline. And if they did... Well, they wrapped up their series really early. So so it was basically new look uh, for, for both teams, although Florida couldn't do very much at the, the trade deadline because they uh, went all in last year. So mm-hmm. so goals from Pasta on the power play. Marshy and DeBrusque was a, a 
the final goal. Of course, Matt Kachuk had to uh, insert himself in here. He capitalized on a a, uh, um, a puck that Orlov had backhanded off the half wall. It, it deflected to, uh, to 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 Kachuk, and he just sent it into the goal. So that was not fun, but it was at least it was three one. Bruin scored on the power play, and that wasn't so bad. It's Wednesday. We got to talk about that game. Ooh. Yikes. Can I give you... Oh, yes. go ahead. I was going to say it was a shit show. It was. It um, might describe what some people were doing in their pants. Hey-o! <laughs> Let it be known that I did not make that poop joke. Nope, that was me. Um, so... I'm going to make, this is a, my hot take for that game. If you ignore the Bruins defensemen, <laughs> the Bruins played a far better game through the first two periods of game two than they did in all of game one. But, there's a huge but, uh, the the third period existed. Ooh, ooh, mm, mm. And there was... Okay, I I know um, the announcers were making a big deal of Florida's forecheck, Florida's forecheck. It wasn't that good. I mean, it existed, and they applied a bit of a heavier forecheck. But you could see these defensive mistakes coming a mile away for the Bruins. For instance, uh, McAvoy's turnover. That was so obvious. Like, for that kind of turnover or that kind of attack is not a heavy four check uh, um, play. It's McAvoy holding onto the puck way too long. You can avoid one check or you can't avoid two when you're moving at two miles an hour. Was that the Verhage goal? Yes. Yeah. He coughed it up to Kachuk and then Verhage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All of Hampus Lindholm's play. Mm-hmm was bad he just did not look like himself mm-hmm. this is a guy who usually skates well handles the puck well um can skate it up the ice and he is not doing that stuff he if you ask me if there was somebody on the team who was suffering from the illness the bug it was him because he looks so different like not the same player at all so yeah you're right if you ignore the defense and then stopped playing at the end of the second period. Mm-hmm. That was a fine performance by the Bruins. <laughs> yes, and uh, oh, I, I mean the Bruins lost in every every way possible in that game. But even Ulmark looked off. Yeah, Ulmark definitely did. In fact, you know, there's there's rumors that he's fighting off something, some kind of injury or whatever. He's getting a lot of treatment. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think he is. But clearly, he's good enough to play. Yeah, I mean, the word is that that we got was he was pulled from the one game uh, before the playoffs for uh, out of a, an abundance of caution. But it seems like he probably did get some kind of injury or is dealing with some kind of injury. So I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much. But, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, he's not taking morning practice. And it's like, well, if he needs treatment, let, let him get the treatment. Mm-hmm. that's fine 
So Wednesday's game was also the game that Sam Bennett returned to the lineup for the uh, Panthers. And guess what? That dude is pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Pain in the ass. Because he started off the scoring and he's very physical. One of the things I, I can say about the, the Bruins right now is that they're dealing pretty well with the physicality of the other team for the most part. So they're not getting sucked into like the little ticky tack things that the, uh, the Panthers are trying to do to get them to, to take a penalty. Right. And I think it's really odd that the person who is kind of the steward of the group <laughs> right now. Yes. Is Brad Marchand. Captain Brad. We are in the Captain Brad era right now. Sure. It's alternate Captain Brad, but basically it's Captain Brad and Captain Brad is steering the ship. He's got some yep. help. He's got he's got help from Uncle Nick. He's got help probably from Krejci in some way. He's got probably Bergy in in his phone at some point, you know, talking to him like after hours or something. Because uh well I mean Bergy was in the building on Monday and Wednesday and he was watching from the, the coaches offices so he could tell the coaches what he was seeing during the game. So they could, you know, do something about it to make changes. Didn't help on Wednesday, but, you know, mm-hmm. not every day and not every game is going to be a winner. But basically, Captain Brad is is telling his teammates, don't let them get to you. Take it from a rat. And, and they, we have a bunch of rats. We certainly do. We do. We have we have Hathaway. We have Bertuzzi. I think Lauco can be a little bit of a rat sometimes because he he draws penalties and it's nice. Frederick. And Frederick. Oh my Frederick. God. Of course, Frederick. Yeah. Right. So this is all good. But Swayman. <laughs> 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 He's a cute little rat. I just want to pinch a cheek. I forgot who it was, but at one of the post game interviews, they asked about Walmart getting all fired up. And one of them answered, Yeah, that, that's usually Swayman, but. Well, Mark was fired up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I have to say, as a result of this game, we need to ban Living on a Prayer. Yep. That song needs to go away. Do not play it anymore, TJ. It is done. We cannot play it. Why are you Wait, not playing it? had a moment. The, I mean, the, the, it needs to be replaced with the summer of 69. Of course it needs to be played. Yeah. <laughs> Replaced by the summer of 69. <laughs> I just, yeah. Tim asked for that, that footage today to see that Monty talking about how there's a line in there. It's it's uh, the best days of our lives, right? And <laughs> I had to interject. I'm like, it's not about the year 1969. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> it's not. So Ryan you... Adams came out and said that it was definitely not about the summer of 1969. It was definitely about the sex number, and his fans went absolutely berserk. So, I he had it. to like, he had to. I'm pretty sure, at, like, he had to go private on Twitter for a few days when he had, when he said that because everyone went nuts. <laughs> Every song in the 80s was dirty. Every song in the 80s was dirty. I mean, now it's like songs are just outright dirty, but in the in the eighties they tried to cover it up. 
Oh my God, that is so funny. It's like, listen to the song now, thinking about that. It plays very different. It plays very different. But anyway, yeah, that's the song that's got to be played. He's got to play that song. I should tweet him. I will tweet him. Go, uh, I go back and forth with uh, TJ because I, I, he's very clever with his song selections. Because mm. at one point I was sitting there, they were like, uh, he, there was a, you know, the, um, the, the refs and the officials were uh, doing a review of something. I think it was about a goal. And he started playing the new pornographer's high ticket attractions. And the chorus goes, this thing can go two ways. Ah. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I just recognized the song without thinking about the words. Right. So I'm like, ah. And then I was like, you know what? I think you're playing a Danzig era misfit song. Which one is it? Because I, I'm having a hard time remembering. Right. He goes, oh, it's We Are 138. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. So it's like, it's not often that you hear Danzig era misfits Mm -hmm. being played at an arena. So it's so cool. He played time bomb by the old 97s, the Bruins last home game, along with, I want to say he played danger high voltage. And then one other song that's like of like a huge significance in my life. And Chopi, I was watching it. My brother and Chopi goes, Nick, I didn't know you were the DJ for the Bruins. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't either. Yeah, um, he plays such an interesting um, yeah. bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's like, got a vast selection. Oh, yeah. Did you know he has a radio station? That makes sense. He has a radio station that you can stream Monday through Friday. Well, any day, really. I will tell you, it's a Uncertain FM. Hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's, it's uh, on Fridays, he has Big Stupid Dance Party, which is great. He has a bunch of different people doing different shows during the week too. Oh, yeah. it is. It's a great, it's a great radio show. I really enjoy it. I mean, if you love the Xanadu soundtrack, like I do, you know, you'll hear some of that. He likes to play in his big, stupid dance party. Uh, he likes to play some gothy stuff, which I really huh. enjoy. And yeah, he'll play gothy stuff too. I love it. Like Ben and I are always like talking about like, Oh, he's playing head on dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, love it when he plays Tales. Speaking Tales. of DJs, yes, yes, the DJ in Florida definitely played the Bruins' goal song at one point to try to pump up their crowd. I don't know if they knew that their DJ knew that, but I I caught it on the game's audio and I was like, "Holy crap, this I, is hilarious!" I think it was when one of our players was in the box and they were punking us. And it didn't really work. That's how I remembered it. I could be remembering it incorrectly. Um, I could be thinking about a different game entirely. But no, they they definitely played. Um, they definitely played uh, Zombie Nation. Ken Kraft by Zombie Nation. I always get it mixed up. It's yep. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Basically, Ken Kraft means uh, atomic. Ah. Yeah. So. Uh, because Karen is uh, Adam and mm. Croft is like working with the Adam. So atomic. Um, anyway, that's your lesson today. Your German oh. lesson. You all wanted that. Yeah. So basically no more living on a prayer. That song's got to go mm. summer of 69. 
I'm going to ask him to do that. You have the radio station now. You can listen to that. It's it. He plays. I think you'll dig a lot of his stuff. You will. TJ is good DJ. He's fun. And he's good to talk to on Twitter. Um, I actually have talked to him a couple of times. I, I, I added him, um, at hit him. Uh, and I said, did you just play Trogdor the Burdenator? He goes, yeah, I did. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he also DJed the, uh, Boston Marathon. He does that oh, too. Oh, lovely. He used to be the Red Sox DJ, but he gave that up a couple of seasons ago for whatever reason. I think it was just like, it, it could be too much, especially at this time of year mm-hmm. uh, to go from those two gigs. But so anyway, yeah, he's a good guy. Friday, guys. That was that was enjoyable. Yeah. So we've talked about how Patrice Bergeron has. Oh, we haven't talked about it. Patrice Bergeron has been out because it is Captain Brad, alternate Captain Brad is uh is captaining right now and so patrice bergeron has been out and he continued to be out during this game because he did not travel to florida at all word is he will be back for game five uh he word is he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be practicing tomorrow with the group not by himself with the group gonna try not to hit the mute button again anyway and then what we found out just before the game started on, on Friday was that David Krejci was going to be out. He took warmups and he was not good to go. And so that meant that Nick Foligno, who was not supposed to play, but warmed up anyway, he, he got the nod to go in. So Monty had to change his lines pretty much at the last minute. Uh, and I think he came up with a good set of lines. Right. Let's let's go through this. Uh, Marshan Coyle, DeBrusque, Bertuzzi, Zaka, Pasta, Hall, Frederick, and Felino on what I think it was Mandy who called it the palindrome line. Love mm-hmm. that. The seventy-one eleven seventeen. That is a great line. Palindrome line. Lauko, Noshik, and Hathaway. And on the defensive side, Monty decided to pull. Connor Clifton out and uh, sub in Matt Grizzlick. So he went back up on the top line and Orlov has been down with forward on the third line, uh, that third pairing. And then the Panthers, they'd have an issue later because one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time happened in that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Bruins uh, came out They and they were like, you know what? It's about time we started playing like a playoff team, don't you think? They put together a pretty good effort. Some people say about 56 minutes of, of effort. Mm-hmm. I say about 58, you know, considering the two-minute period where things went really wrong. But I guess you could expand it to like it was a four or five-minute period mm-hmm. of time when things went really wrong. But anyway, it was a pretty good effort. And the Bruins ended up winning four to two. It's incredible to me that hall mr goal scorer he's been scoring goals a lot he scores a second goal here in this game he'd go on to score more during the weekend the the bruins saw some physical play from the other team but that they couldn't make anything go whereas the bruins started off really early 226 in the first period and they got one by lion and i think you know by the let's see 
by the start of the third or maybe it was just after the the you know lion was replaced with Bobrovsky, which was great yeah i think um first of all before that game bruins nation on twitter was in shambles thinking the series was over and and even the bleacher report open ice uh account was like oh the curse is coming now and it was the series was tied at one and now look where we are so like people relax first of all and this is me telling you fucking (laughs) relax (laughs) like jesus and second of all I saw I saw it described a few ways with Lion on Twitter, and it's absolutely accurate. The difference between saves he makes and the saves he doesn't make is astounding. Because that goal that he gave up to Hall, he definitely would like that back, that first one. But then any point-blank shot, he stops. Well... The, the Bruins figured him out. It was super obvious. Glove, 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 glove. Yeah, because and, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. Marshan scored that yep. horrible goal on him, glove side. Yeah, and then the Bruins just targeted that when a goalie has that big of a weakness. Uh, it kind of use it like a a video game ranking system. He could be a ninety nine awareness, ninety nine speed, ninety nine quickness, but if he has a fifty glove hand, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Done. That's why he's an AHL goalie. Yeah, I forgot to mention that that I was going to say something about that Marshy goal that just went right off his glove. And that's what happened with the, the Taylor Hall one here. Mm-hmm. Charlie Coyle was a beast, and he was called a beast by his teammates during this game. Although uh, Brad Marshan had to say something that, uh, you know, he thought it was better looking than that. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He scored the next goal, deflection off of Marshy's shot while he was screening. Beautiful. Pasta scores his second from his office, basically. And that's all in the third. I'm not sure when we saw Bobrovsky, but he came in. But before all of that, I mean, before the, the third, I think it was in the second. Aaron Agblad, who, you know, I think that Brandon Carlo is a little delicate at times, right? In certain ways, his head. He said he's very delicate there, but Aaron Ekblad is Mr. Glass because he's like, I'm going to go knock into Charlie McAvoy. And no, I mean, it was like, it was kind of like when you're studying elastic collisions in physics and you see the two bodies meet, right? Mm -hmm. And then one deflects off. Uh, a little bit more than the other, depending on the angle and the and the velocity and well, the angle and the velocity that, yeah. Anyway, depending on all of that stuff, that's what happened. Charlie McAvoy, nothing happened to him. He just was fine, just skating. You know, like oh, that guy just decided he came to hit me. Heckblad went down, got up, and went down to the room and has not been heard from since. And it. Ekblad kind of was being a little bit of a, a shitbag in that hit. It wasn't necessary. Nope. So, serves him right. Yeah, he was just like, I'm going to be a man. You can be a man and not do that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm not questioning your manhood here, but you decide you wanted to hit a wrecking ball. And what happened? 
you got wrecked, son. Yes. Was, was it game <laughs> three or game four that also Martian absolutely bowled over stall? I think it was game three because it was hilarious. It yeah. was so funny because like stall absolutely dropped like instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Here's the thing. Marshy is five nine and I don't know what his weight is, but he's got a lower center of gravity and you got the taller guy, but all, both the stalls are tall. Which stall was it? Was it Mark stall or was it, uh, Eric? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which stall it was. They're both big guys. And so the low man wins in these hits, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that's basically what happened. You think you're going to get Marshy and he's like, nope, I, I have all of this momentum on my side. You cannot knock me over. And Marshy is a tough little dude. Okay. He's not going to take your shit. Oh no. You know, especially if you're a homophobe dicks. So low man winning is something we learn in football at a yep. very young age Yep. when you play offensive or defensive line which I did both of. And yeah, leverage. Leverage always wins. Like legitimately, leverage always wins. Yep, yep. So, I mean, that's basically what happened with that hit. And that's why it's hard to knock him off his skates unless you go low on him. And I'm not saying anybody should go low on him because that's shitty. Don't do it. That's why Nolachari is so effective. Sorry to bring him up, but it's mm -hmm. true. I love Noel. I hate seeing him in the Toronto blue. I just, it's, it's hurting my heart so much, but anyway, let's not talk about heartbreak when we have all this fun to talk about, you know, uh, the, the bad thing about this game, shorthanded goal by Forsling. Yeah. If you could have one critique on that game, it, it, uh, it, beside the, the shorthanded goal, but it feeds into that Bruins had a chance to, I'm going to use cliches, just step on the right on their throat and end the game. And yes. They didn't. Nope. Nope. They let them go back in mm -hmm. um, just for a couple minutes because then Reinhardt would score about a minute 19 later, minute 18 later. I'm sorry. According to my notes. I mean, first of all, Bruins on the power play, they only play with one defenseman. And I don't even know which defenseman was on that, that one, but uh, it doesn't matter because they're not in defending mode. They're in moving the puck around mode. And then was the Reinhardt goal, a part of a, um, an empty net thing. It was an empty net. So basically, yeah, Zaka couldn't keep the puck away from Reinhardt who pushed it right in. So, yeah. So basically if you, if you let up on the gas, those mistakes happen but thankfully that was the end of the mistakes because the Bruins just held held the zone for the remaining four minutes of the game or so so everything was fine 4-2 and then Sunday did now how did you guys feel like going into that game yesterday I was optimistic oh, I was confident that, that, that they'd win I think I think they I think it was obvious in game, especially game two, that the Bruins or that the Panthers wanted to get under the Bruins' skin. They, they, they were physical, 
but they cross the line of physicality to being dirty to try to goad the Bruins into stuff. And it and it and it worked the game too. It got the Bruins, especially the third period, it got the Bruins completely out of their game. And then game three, there was obviously a concerted effort to not allow that to happen. And the Bruins have said countless times again, between the whistles, play hard between the whistles, skate away. That's where we're at our best. And so it's obviously it's something that Monty and the rest of the leadership group is trying to push into their brains is don't don't get out of your game. Between the whistles, everything between the whistles. And with that, I think that the Bruins being able to find that game three was going to bode well for game four. I forgot to mention that before game three, Monty was asked about how he felt about the game basically moving down to Florida. And he said, well, I know the Bruins fans are going to be loud. Yeah. Um, They were, and, and they were, and there were, they were numerous and, it's always a good sign when you're sitting there during the game and you hear a let's go Bruins chant in a, in a, in a stadium. That's not the TD garden. You know, you might not have been able to pick that up on the other broadcast, but you could pick it up on the Nesson broadcast. So that was fun. Oh yeah. They were dueling chants. Like you have let's go Panthers. And then the let's go Bruins was just as loud, if not louder. Like it was literally dueling chants at the Panthers home arena. That's like embarrassing. Yeah, and also another thing that Sofia Yerkshtovich said before uh, during the game or just before the game on game three was that Jim Montgomery spoke to the Canadian, the French-Canadian press before the game, and he gave an answer about Patrice Bergeron in French, and Sofia had to dig up her French to uh, remember what, uh, or to figure out what he said. And he basically said that Patrice's injury was something that could have happened at home. And so it got me to thinking, and I said I wouldn't speculate, but I'm going to speculate now about Patrice Bergeron. I wonder if he just pulled some kind of muscle or something. In his back. That's the first thing I thought of because he has a bunch of kids. And when when I heard it's something he could have done at home, that's the first thing that came to mind, like bending down to pick up a child or something like that. And boom, there's your back. Yep. All these injuries happen all the time. So I wonder if it's just something like that with Bergie. So we'll find out or we won't find out for a long time. Hopefully. Anyway, let's get back to game four. Game four, man. Oh man. That game opened up. Mm -hmm. I remember we watched the period one at home and we decided we were going to go to a restaurant to go have something to eat and watch the rest of the game. Uh, We went to the neighborhood tavern in Northboro which used to be a tavern on the green, every screen in the place, because, you know, it's set up to have screens. They have lots of screens. Every screen was on the Bruins game. The Bruins game, Nesson feed was being pumped through the speakers of the restaurant. So no music. It's just all Bruins. It was fantastic. So if you're in the area, you should go watch a game there. It's fun. Uh, the, the crowd in the bar, they would let out, the cheers uh, as soon as the um, goal was scored and you could actually have conversations with people. So it wasn't that loud. It was nice anyway. So um, yeah, we got to that place. We got to the neighborhood when DeBrus scored. Now 
two power play goals to start the game for the Bruins. One's in the first, one in the second. Marshy scored his third. There's like a scramble in front of the net. Puck squirts out a little bit just in front of Bob because Sergei Bobrovsky started this game. That was a great idea, if you'd ask me. And then Marshy knocks it in. So, you know, 945 the first. We have the first goal on the board. 152 into the second to Brusque. Oh, man. Tic-tac-toe. Bing, bang, boom. In. Beautiful. Orlov and Hall helping out. And fucking Kachuk. Yeah. What, what a weird Kachuk. goal. Why? I don't know why he had to do the extra move of like, oh, I'm going to put it between my legs and backhand it. That has always been his thing. But he had like two inches to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like showing I off. That's what she said, but like. <laughs> he does have a lot of small dick energy. Speaking of, I'm I'm back to the uh actually I I don't use the Taves curve anymore. <laughs> I use the cane curve. Oh no, the syphilitic dicks curve. <laughs> <laughs> um I've actually been using that curve for a few years. I just forgot to tell you. You know what is funny is that I noticed last night when watching the game that Kachuk uses a Sherwood. I didn't even know that Sherwood made six Holy anymore. shit, he does? Yes. Holy shit. Holy shit. I, See, thought, I thought they only made wooden sticks. I have a wooden Sherwood stick that I have not cut down to size yet. Like he has to be the only one in the NHL he's using Sherwoods. Yeah, it was a Sherwood. Holy I shit. Am yeah. I right? You, he... He plays, okay, this is still a lot of money, but for pro-level sticks, this is nothing. He plays with a $260 stick. Yeah, it's like nothing for a pro stick now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the the sick Marshan, all like that upper end warrior Bauer, $400, $500 a stick. If, if us cons- regular consumers wanted them. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I just wanted to point it out because it was it was unusual to me. I'm used to seeing your CCMs, your Bowers, your your Warriors, mm-hmm. all of those. I'm not he, used to seeing a Sherwood. Yeah, so. he uses a Sherwood protective gear, with the exception of, I guess, his helmet. If you want, that's definitely protective, and his skates, which aren't really protective. Um, but which makes sense because Sherwood doesn't make skates or uh, helmets. Yeah, well, I know that you're a gear guy, so you wanted yeah. to you wanted to know about his stick. I noticed that they they focused on him during like a you know um, what was it uh, during a uh, yeah breakage. It? Yes, a breakage. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> I can't think of any words today. I'm wording so good. Um. Anyway, oh yeah. So yeah, Kachuk did the the between the legs backhand. And got in. So, you know, it was 2-1 going into the third. Bertuzzi, that was my favorite goal. Okay. It was my favorite goal because Carlo took a shot and Bertuzzi deflected it. And I'm what a deflection. Anytime my boy can get in on it, I love it. My boys to boys. So it was beautiful. I loved it. Felino got it back to Carlo. Carlo took the shot. Uh, and Bertuzzi was kind of like right there in the middle and just kind of 
there it is. That's fine. I didn't, I wasn't even mad that it wasn't Carlo's goal because I was like, mm-hmm. goal, let's go. Uh, and then Bennett, oh, fucking Bennett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like he's scored like 500 goals. It's only two so far in the series because he's only played in three games. But it's like every time I, I looked, like Bennett is somewhere in the ice annoying me, you know? <laughs> He's like, yeah. he's getting involved. Uh, he's like, you know, roughing up some player. He, he, uh, cross-checked Hathaway in the back and he, I think he got fined for that or Kachuk did. Yeah. Oh, Kachuk did. Oh, okay. I thought it was Bennett, but anyway. All right. Well, he got fined five grand, five grand for that. Well, he deserved that. That was the least of what he deserved. Fucking Bennett. Omar made like three saves in a row, but then the puck like was like right near his glove and he couldn't get it down. And then Bennett mm. pushes it in. It's like, fuck you. But then it got much better for us because you know why? Why is that? It was DeBrusque, Hall and Hall. Three goals to to remain uh, in the remainder of the, the period. So it was like 805 DeBrusque, um, uh, 1624 Hall, um basically uh, halls was great mm. he was uh you know he basically chipped it over from the neutral zone into panther zone he dodges gudas and then just goes over pulls bob stuffs it in voila it was beautiful not a chance of like alternate interference and stick was in the paint but he wasn't anywhere near bob it was great and then hall got an empty net uh, to end the game uh, or to end the scoring of the game but it's 1649 in between hall's uh first goal of the game and his second goal of the game shit went down oh it did okay mm-hmm. so matthew kachuk is doing kachuk things in front of the net and he decides he's going to take an extra swipe at linus and linus decides He's going to be Tim Thomas and takes a swipe at him with the, with a stick or something. And then Carlo gets involved and it's like, Hey, you can't do that to our goaltender. And then melee. Right now you would expect that every game that is in the captain, Brad alternate captain, Brad, you know, stewardship would basically be like this. And it hasn't been, but this was like deserved because Kachuk was like, I'm going to go and make your goalie's life harder and then Linus Olmark was like, no, fuck no. So he, somehow or another, Kachuk gets loose from, from Carlo. And Linus is like, oh, no, that's it. Hits him with the blocker, which I'm going to say, yeah, you shouldn't hit people with your blocker. But in this case, it was warranted. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets the 100%. glove off, takes off the, the thing. You know, he is going to go after Kachuk. And the only thing that's saving them from him doing that are the refs. The refs have each of, mm-hmm. of them and, and whatnot. You had Forbert in there. You had Jake DeBrusque in there somewhere. There, there's a pile. They've got Bennett. They've got Montour. They've got, you know, obviously Kachuk. There, it is a mess. There's no, uh, there's no Bob's, uh, Bobrovsky. Bob Bobrovsky, that's his name. So Bob there's, Bobrovsky. There's no Bobrovsky. And I don't remember if they had taken him out from the empty net or not i think we just talked about this a little while ago we did we did well anyway so here here is what happened with the penalties forward got five for fighting and he also got an extra two for roughing and and hall served that oh it because he was roughing kachuk well you know i think everybody was it's a little bit of a rag doll there 
Omar got a 10 minute con- uh, misconduct. He didn't even come back out onto the ice to do the goalie hugs because he probably couldn't. And pasta served two for him. Omar actually had the opportunity to stay in the game at that point because he is a goalie. He didn't have to get kicked out of the game, but the Bruins decided to not have him go back out there because they didn't want any more shit to start. Yeah, I I think that's a smart thing. But also, like, look at the street cred. Mm -hmm. Massive street cred. Yep. Get kicked out of the game and, and don't get kicked out of the game for being a jerk like Bennington. Get kicked out of the game because you you weren't going to take shit from Kachuk. I love it. Street cred. This guy has scored yeah. a goal this year. He actually had an assist on the first hall goal, right? Yeah. You know, I think you should have just let him huck a, uh, a puck over at Bobrovsky and see what happened. You know? <laughs> 41, 41 saves an assist, and a game misconduct. The Omar Catrick. Apparently, that's what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. His save percentage was 953 when he got chucked from the game. Yeah, he he was great. Which oh, my God. He had 41 saves. So good. So good. But anyway, okay, so he got the, the misconduct. Pasta served two for him. Bennett got a 10-minute misconduct. Montour got five minutes for fighting. Jake DeBrus got a misconduct. <laughs> sure. Uh, Kachuk got a misconduct, which he absolutely, absolutely deserved. It's been pretty fun. <laughs> Here's the thing. Omar had had enough, not only of Kachuk, but the Panthers have been egging him on all series so far, taking liberties. On one of the goals, he got snowed like... It was just it just fucking annoying. And, like, there's a difference between being physical and being just assholes and dirty. And Florida's crossed that line. Oh, yeah. They're frustrated. They're very, very frustrated. So they're going to try to just be nasty. So the Bruins will lower themselves to that level. And it's not working. So they're they're acting like fools and jerks and and they're going from player to player trying to do it it started out the first couple games they were doing it to coil kachuk takes his liberties after the whistles i think it was either game three or game four i think it was game well, it might have been both games to be quite honest where at the end of the period there was a little bit of a a meeting of the minds and he came in and cross-checked people in the back like the bruins started off one of the periods on a power play because of it. Like there's just, there's just so much shit. Like Matthew Kachuk is a very good hockey player. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. The stuff that the antics that he pulls makes him look like an absolute clown. Like it's, I don't know. It's kind of, honestly, it's what Marshan used to do was, was good and did and worried too much about the antics. Mm -hmm. When Marshan stopped worrying about the antics, look what happened. He was told to stop licking the lightning players. I think he took some of that to heart. I mean, he mm-hmm. still had some bad behavior, but it was never quite as bad as that. Mm-hmm. And now, you know what? Do you know who doesn't have any penalty minutes? Future? Brad Marchand. That's like future lady Bingware. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Marchand has zero 
penalty minutes, and Linus Lamarck has a game misconduct. <laughs> Just how we thought the series was going to go. Alternate Captain Brad. <laughs> Goon Linus Lamarck. <laughs> and I just, I can't get over how angry Linus looked. Like, Linus Lamarck, from all accounts, is one of the most soft-spoken, nice people in the NHL. And you got the nicest person in the NHL, basically, to be so mad at you that he wanted to fight you. Like, holy crap. Yeah, I, it's almost as if, like, I swear that Kachuk might have said something about his wife, which you should not do. I mean, what was, wasn't it Kachuk who was going uh, with uh, Noshik there? At, was mm-hmm. it game two? Yeah. A- yeah he, a- called, he called Noshik's wife a whore multiple times. And he, he called her a whore. And then he said, is that what, does your whore hit you like that or something like that along those lines? That Noshik was... was just laughing the entire time. Give him credit too. Yeah. See, Nosek didn't. Uh, which, yeah, credit him. If I was Nosek, I would have not been laughing at that, and I would have gotten suspended. But I, I probably would have gone gotten a, a gone to jail. That's why. That's why they play hockey, and I don't. Amongst other things. Yes. Very. I mean, we're, we're almost as good as them talent-wise. It's the it's their competitive demeanor that really separates us from the, them. Yeah, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. But I'm gonna I'm here to tell you, as a woman, if a, a hockey player is yelling to my husband, who is also a hockey player, about how you know he, he's decided to call me a whore, and my husband is just laughing it off, it's because my husband is very confident in the fact that. His wife is a good woman. Sure. And that this is all just trying to get under my skin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, and who is the person who looks like the worst person here? The person who's just like, I'm not falling for your shit or the person who's trying to pull the shit. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And it's interesting. They asked Brad about it after game four. And he said, he took a different approach saying the problem was Mike's on the bench. He said stuff, stuff gets set on the ice all the time. And he said, it's unfair that Mike's pick up stuff like that because it's done in the heat of competition and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thinks that they should do away with Mike's on the bench. And he said, he even went as far just to say he, he doesn't really like having the guy in the middle either uh, in the middle of the glass because what's said on the ice should stay on the ice basically but i'm going to say one thing right now too i honestly think that if you are the kind of person who's going to go and say something like that on the ice even in the heat of the moment you know let's say you're it's not whore it's a a a gay slur Mm -hmm. i think it's because deep down inside that's kind of what you believe yeah i'm not you know i'm not going to say that Matthew Kachuk is a is a misogynist, but he could very well be. It's possible. So, whatever it it was the heat of the moment. Fine, we'll just do that. And Thomas Noshik is just like whatever. Moment. What a great song! I mm-hmm. Asia has two really great songs. There's heat of the moment, and then only time will tell. Love those songs. I think heat of the moment. I think that's the song. There's an episode of Supernatural where they're stuck in like this weird Groundhog Day type loop where 
Dean dies over and over again, and the day resets whenever Dean dies. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure the first thing that pops up when the day restarts is that song coming on the radio, and everyone wake and people wait, and they wake up from sleep. So in the morning, and that's like that's the alarm song that comes on. Heat of the moment. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yep, that's a good song. You you were singing it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know because I didn't watch it, Tim. But I I bet you're right. I bet you're right. You, you can look it up. It's Asia. That is the group. Uh, it was a super group at the time. <gasps> oh, my goodness, Boomer. Um, I just want to say that uh, for those of you who are curious about my walking status, I am able to bear weight. And hey. uh, I went for a walk at the park, about a kilometer or so at the park, or actually a little bit more than a kilometer. Um at the park on Saturday and for today. And Boomer was very happy that mommy went along for a Aww. walk with him and daddy. Yes, it was very sweet. My little boy wants me to tuck him in and he's right here. So now that we've talked about all the games, how about if we talk about what we think what's going to happen in, in game five, which is Wednesday. That is two days from now. Did the Bruins put it away? The, I think so. Did the Panthers fight back? They've got two bad goalies. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I'll share what my brother texted me today. Because he was my brother, by the way, who is not a listener, but I still love him, predicted the Bruins would win Sunday six to one. He was pretty damn close. He was very close. He also predicted there'd be three Bruins with multiple with multi-point games. So I I think my brother's uh pretty on the mark here. Panthers will run out of gas before the halfway point. 7-2 Bruins. Pasta goes off. I hope so. There you go. That would be nice if Pasta would go off. I would love a hat trick. A Pasta trick. But, uh, you know, he's got to stop coughing up the puck. Ah, he's yep. been passing a bit too much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That too. I mean, don't hold on to the puck too much. Mm. Get rid of it. Also, it's not just him, but everyone. Stop the freaking drop passes. I swear oh, to Christ. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The drop passes are so annoying. The most annoying thing that are in existence. But I do think the Bruins win the game. I don't think Florida really has enough really left in the tank to kind of pull it out. Also, if the Bruins do get the Burgie bump, I think that I mean if he's playing, there's no chance. Because I think that I think that will spark something in the team, having him back. Because I mean, he's the captain. Having the captain back is huge. Mm -hmm. I know Monty said that uh, Bergeron is more likely than Krejci to play, mm -hmm. but if they're both medically cleared, they will both go. So we'll see. With Walmart seemingly getting treatment often and things like that. I would use game five as an opportunity to start Swayman. That's just me. I, I would like to keep him ready. And I think that in a three, one series, giving Ulmark some, a little bit more time rest up and get healthy for the next series. is a good idea because, and that, that's the luxury the Bruins have. They really have two number one goalies. Mm -hmm. So that's the luxury they can, they could use. That's what I would do. Um, it has nothing to do with Ulmark's play because Ulmark's been awesome. I just want him to not be hurt. So you're and saying kind of Jeremy Swayman, who came in relief, Linus Ulmark in the last like three minutes and 11 seconds of the past game. 
<laughs> You're saying he should start the next game? I do. Yeah, I think so. I think he should. I just I just think that the Bruins have an, this luxury of depth right now. And it's early on in a run that we hope goes until the middle to end of June, whenever the finals are. Use the depth now while you can before you get to teams that you're not going to have, a, you're not going to be able to do something like that with because they're tougher. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about it. I go back and forth because I had the same opinion as you did this morning, but after uh, posting on a uh, private discord server, cause we're cool. We'll just, <laughs> we won't name names, but we'll just call this guy. Mr. VA made a good, <laughs> made a good argument that uh, you know what? Let Ulmark play. Bruins win tomorrow. Guess what? Everyone gets five days rest. But at the same time, if the Bruins go with Swayman, he still would be the best goalie on the ice. So I think the Bruins are in a win-win situation. I think that the Panthers had, they didn't have enough gumption to win at home. Mm -hmm. And as long as the Bruins just decide that they want to, to really win this game tomorrow, you know, take some advice from Han Solo in the original and best Star Wars movie. The original Star Wars movie, the best one is Empire Strikes Back. But sure. in A New Hope, he says, great kid, don't get cocky. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bruins need to do. They need to not be cocky. They need to just put this game uh, and this series to bed. So that's that's what I'm hoping will happen on Wednesday night. I think it's great they have an extra day of rest. I think it's great that we have an extra day of rest because that way I can actually work on this podcast tomorrow instead of trying to get it done like tonight and get no sleep. So woohoo, I'm excited. I'm glad you can sleep. Yeah, the last one I got it done before like the end of the night and it it kind of messed me up. Mm. So um yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went like, out at like midnight or something. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The thing is is that if I listen to things on my headphone, especially at night. I get a little keyed up. So if I'm listening for audio and I, I uh, you know, I I can't go to sleep right away. So it takes me a few hours to, to get down from that. So interesting neurological problems that I have. I'm going to read out the schedule now for the remainder of the series, however long that is. Okay, so game five is on Wednesday, April 26, 2003. Uh, try that again 2023 it will be broadcast on espn and locally on nesson and it is a seven o'clock game time which probably means 7 15 7 10 maybe let's just be honest so mm -hmm. be ready now if it does go to a game six it will be held down at the the fla live center down in sunrise florida yeah, and it is uh, TBD. They don't know what time it will be. It'll probably be seven or seven thirty, um, and it will be on Nesson locally. And I don't know uh, what other thing, inter. I mean nationally. And then Sunday, April thirtieth, twenty twenty three, game seven. If it's necessary, will be at the TD Garden, and that is also a TBD because we have no idea if it's going to be a matinee or whatever 
and a handy thing that's my anniversary so oh i know i kind of would like to not have a hockey game on my anniversary but you know i'm not in control of these things boss bruins are so finish it up tomorrow night bruins that's what i say all right do we have any more parting thoughts or are we ready to skedaddle i uh got nothing else to add no yeah i think we've we've touched on basically everything what uh, boomer thinks right there <laughs> i heard that i hear that you know snore 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 he is so cute all right well you've been listening to barely on topic our primary home is soundcloud and that's where our uh really simple syndication our rss feed goes out of and it is basically everywhere you can find us online uh, as a podcast you can contact us at barely on topic on twitter or barely on topic podcast on facebook and uh, you can reach us at our uh tw- our individual twitter handles mine is uh at va from ri oh yeah va from ri i got it <laughs> i am at tim a richardson and jeff is at dr Hangrenade. and i'm at nick baggio Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to get a Maddie Beneers uh, Seattle Kraken jersey. I mean, of course, I'm biased. The best jerseys at the NHL are the Bruins. But if they weren't the Bruins, it would be the Seattle Kraken. I'm going to get a Seattle Kraken jersey because I just really like them. They're beautiful. Anyway, Tim. Thank you. 